0: The following program is sponsored by New Covenant Church, Humble.
1: Good afternoon, Southeast Texas. This is Pastor John Allworth. Today I'm coming to you over the telephone from my home. So I am hoping that uh, the volume is good and crisp and that you can hear me. Everything um, is good. But, all right, good. Thank you, Corey. That was my producer, Corey, who's doing a great job. Uh, we got lots going on right now. And so um, I had a show or a program last week, and it was a tribute to my father-in-law, Clyde Wood. Uh, who passed away recently, and we are having the funeral on Friday, and lots of planning and things. So I couldn't make it down to the station today, but I didn't want to miss the show because I'll be out of town next week, and I didn't want to miss two in a row. So we're doing it. We're doing it via phone, and we've done that before, and it works pretty good. Let's let's go to prayer, Father God. We just come to you tonight with uh, such appreciation for who you are, for all of your love and your grace, and for all the restoration that occurs in the community, in the recovery community. Uh, Father, we ask that the words that be spoken on this show today be yours and not ours, and that they touch hearts and minds out there. All right, so we are going to talk today about uh, recovery. <laughs> Imagine that. You know, we're switching the name of the show from Recovery Radio Houston. Uh, I thought we'd have it up this week, but we'll have it up next week, I'm sure to recovery through Christ, because that's what this is really about. Uh, I believe in, in all kinds of recovery. I believe in 28 secular day programs. I believe in, in smart recovery and cognitive recovery and counseling, and I believe in pastoral guidance and getting involved in fellowships. I believe in the power of prayer uh, to, to deliver us from, from anything that we're facing if we really have true faith. I I believe in all these things, and I think they're all necessary, and they're all uh, celebrate recovery, and they're all tools in the recovery toolbox. You know, because as I've said on this program before, uh, this show's not just about alcohol and drugs, because I don't care if you're listening to my voice, you either are in the midst of recovering from something, or you have recovered from something, or you will face some sort of trial and tribulation in the future. That's just the nature of the fallen world that we're in. And Jesus said we would always have trials and tribulations in this world. So to me, the the Bible is a book about recovery. And the problem with alcohol and and drug recovery is that too many people relapse. Too many people uh, start out on a program or or go through a 28-day recovery facility, and then the relapse rates are 80 to 90 percent. And you may not have an alcohol or drug problem, you may be listening right now, but you know someone that does. Your son, your daughter, your father, your mother, your aunt, your uncle, someone you work with, someone you love, someone you care about. So recovery is is a national issue that doesn't get enough attention, or or addiction is a national issue that doesn't get enough attention. We start out talking about how it's been a pandemic, and it has for centuries. It's been a pandemic in this this world, uh, if not millennia. Um, You know, we've of course been focused on the covid pandemic uh but this pandemic of addiction and the, the damage that is done to our society by alcohol drugs uh tobacco uh gambling pornography is incalculable uh it, it affects every aspect of it it affects our health care system it makes our health insurance rates higher it makes our medical care higher it it Hurts our productivity in the workplace. It, it ripples across all aspects of society. Did you know, for example, you know we we tend to just think about alcohol and drugs, but did you know that the pornography industry made more money last year than the NFL, NBA, and and uh, Major League Baseball combined? Uh, it's on our phones. It's on our children's phones. And and people are getting... Uh, I know people that have been in 12-step groups that I've talked to that have gotten fired from multiple jobs because they can't quit surfing the Internet while they're at work on their company's computer. I mean, addiction is powerful, and the enemy is cunning and baffling, and he uses everything he can to, against us. So, you know, my experience has been through faith-based recovery. And my experience has been... That if someone goes through recovery, someone gets sober for whatever period of time, unless they have a plan, unless it becomes an important part of their life, unless it's continuing to be, you know, next to, uh, just behind their relationship with their Lord and Savior, the most important aspect of their life, then the odds are they're going to relapse. That's why we have 80% plus relapse rates. You have got to continue to be involved. And so today I'm going to talk about the 12 step program and a lot of people uh, that are faith that believe in faith-based recovery, believe in deliverance and Jesus' signature ministry was deliverance and I've seen people including my father-in-law that I talked about last week get delivered immediately from whatever they're in bondage to. But that's not what happens normally, and it's not up to me to decide when God's going to do that, when He's not, or what kind of faith does the person have the faith, of the centurion we we read about in Matthew and Luke, or what what it takes for that to happen. It does happen. It can happen. It will happen again. God can do that. Nothing is impossible for God, but most people have to work at it. And, you know, the thing that is beautiful about faith-based recovery is that at the time that you're working on your recovery, you're doing a spiritual awakening, and you're working on your relationship with God. And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's true faith-based recovery, in my experience, mirrors our Christian walk in so many ways. And so many times people from the faith-based community, uh, they hear the 12 steps, and, and they're, they're not particularly receptive to it. But I, I disagree, because uh, the 12 steps are a miracle, From God, in my opinion. Uh, They're inspired, not quite to the level of the Bible, perhaps, but they are divinely inspired, and they're biblically based. And that's what we're going to go through today, and we've done it before on this program, but we're going to do it again because it's critical. We're going to go through the spiritual, just some of the spiritual basis for each of these 12 steps, because I've got eight pages in front of me. We could do 40 pages of, of examples out of the Bible that correspond to the 12 steps. And if you think about it now, why is this important? It's important because people need to stay engaged in their recovery. People need to work on their recovery. And if they're working on it on a faith-based basis, they're working on their relationship with God. And so there's nothing more important than doing this. In fact, I believe that every single person, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, could benefit from these 12 steps because, again... They mirror our walk with God, and that's a good thing. So let's look at the the 12 steps, and I've done this program before, and it seems like I never get past step six or seven. We're going to try to really go to 12 because that's important today. So I'm going to go through it a little faster than I have in the past, but I want people to understand that these 12 steps, when they're worked properly, and, you know, then, then on the other side of the equation, people in the 12-step community get mad when we invoke Jesus in it, and I don't really care whether they get mad. Um, the the 12 steps are biblically inspired, and I know people that go through 12-step programs and, and don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ and want to call their higher power something else, and, you know, that's that's their decision. But I don't think it has got the power, and I don't think that's, that's where the power comes from. The power comes from the Holy Spirit, from being guided, from being encouraged, from being walking with the Holy Spirit, from relying on Him, as, as we read in John chapter 14, 15, and 16, Jesus said, when I go away, it's a good thing, because I'm going to send you a helper who's going to encourage you, who's going to guide you. And, and this 12 steps, if it's incorporated properly, can really awaken that partnership with the Holy Spirit. You know, there's a saying in recovery, without God, I can't, but without me, God won't. That, that most For most people, it's it's this partnership between, it's this development of this relationship. And, you know, any relationship, my, my wife is just devastated by the loss of her father, and that's an important relationship. She's what we might call a daddy's girl. And, you know, they developed that relationship. They, they, they He died when he was 86, but they stayed connected on a daily basis, and that relationship flourished. Our relationship with our recovery, and more importantly, our relationship with our Lord and Savior, takes the same work. It requires the same work to be plugged in. Otherwise, you're going to get bushwhacked by the world and by the wiles of the enemy, and that's, that, that, that's going to happen. So it requires the same amount of work. And, you know, people, people say sometimes, I can't do all that. I, I can't go into a 30-day program or a six-month program. I can't go to three 12-step meetings a week. But the truth of the matter is they spent an exponential amount more time in their addiction than than it's ever required to spend in your recovery. If you put 20% of the effort into recovery that you put into your addiction, you're going to succeed, or you're going to have a much better chance of succeeding. So it takes work. It takes continuing commitment. It's like any other relationship. You have to keep working at it. All right, let's dive into the 12 steps. All right, step one. We admitted we were powerless over put whatever is in alcohol, and that our lives had become unmanageable. Okay, in our ministry, Break Every Chain ministry, we've changed that to we admitted we were without Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We were powerless over alcohol, drugs, gambling, pornography, whatever it may be, and that our lives had become unmanageable. Paul writes in Romans 6.16, don't you realize that you become a slave to whatever you choose to obey? Jesus says, "You're a slave to sin when you sin," and Paul says, "I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. For I have a desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out." I'm going to paraphrase here. He says, "I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I want to do." That's that's the war we're in the spiritual, our spirit man versus our flesh man, or woman, and. We have to have the help and the guidance and the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, or we get 90% relapse rates. Humility becomes before honor, Proverbs 15.33. We have to realize that we need help. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall, Proverbs 16.18. There are addicts across this country, and we're not just talking about a few people, we're talking about millions of people in the United States alone who are too prideful to admit they have a problem. They're too prideful to admit that they need help. Matthew twenty three twelve. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The day that I admitted to myself that I needed help was the best day of my life. That was the turning point when I, I needed help. And then, and then the next best is step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity, and our break every chain That's came to believe that Jesus Christ, a relationship with Jesus Christ, can restore ourselves to sanity. Because Paul asks in that same chapter 7 in Romans, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? And the answer is, because you belong to Him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Indeed, the, the Word says that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And that was what changed my life, is when I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. That's what changed my life. That's the power. Now, we're only on step two, and I hope you can see the relationship between the 12 steps and and, and a relationship with, with Jesus Christ. And that's the power of these 12 steps because it's divine power, not our own. We can't do it. I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I want to do. This applies to whatever has you in bondage. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's guilt. Maybe it's envy maybe it's it's arrogance maybe it's maybe it's uh, a, a spirit of revenge whatever it is there's only one power that can free you from this life that is dominated by sin and death and that's his power his power paul writes in second corinthians when he asked jesus god to remove the thorn paul says my god said back to him my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness it's when we rely on him stop relying on ourselves We're taught in this society to rely on ourselves, and sometimes that's okay, but not when we're dealing with bondage. That's bad advice. That's really bad advice. All right, we're going to do it again. We're going to have to speed up. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God, over to the care of Jesus Christ. How powerful is that? Jesus said, I have not come. For the righteous, but I have come for the sick, for sinners. In Mark two seventeen, and Luke, he he said that he came to seek and save the lost. I love that scripture. He came to seek and save the lost. I tell people that are truly in recovery that they have a special place in the kingdom because Jesus came down and said, "I came to seek and save the lost." And if you've been sought out, if His grace has caught up with you, and He sought you out, and you've been saved, and you've been delivered came for you, and now you have a responsibility we 're skipping ahead this twelve step to the twelve step, but you have a responsibility to preach the gospel to all creation, to make disciples of all nations to witness to the ends of the earth the power of Jesus Christ in your life, to be the light on the hill to others so that they can see the glory of God through your actions because if you 're in true faith based recovery, if you 're truly been restored by God, you know it wasn 't you, you know it was him that did it. Jesus says in Luke nine twenty three, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. We've got to follow Jesus. We've got to adopt that servant heart. We've got to adopt that humility that he demonstrated on earth. Amazing humility, that desire to go out and help people, to have compassion. The Bible says over and over again, Jesus had compassion on them and they were healed. But I'll ask you a question, if you're under bondage right now, that Jesus asked the paralyzed man in John chapter 5, verse 6. He said, do you want to be healed? Because if you want it, and that's why I'm on this radio show, because I want people to know if you want it, and there are those of us that are working in the kingdom, the faith basis. if you want it, you can be healed, not through your own power, but through His. Because I tell you what, I tried on my own, and... It didn't work. But Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says, the, John 10 says, the enemy comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. There is abundant life after addiction. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, these are biblical principles. That's why they have power. Four, the four, made a searching and moral inventory of ourselves. What Paul said, to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh. Lamentations 340, let us examine our ways and test them, and let us return to the Lord. Fourth step so powerful when we look at, look inside ourselves and see what we've done wrong. We've got to hurry. Step five, admit it to God, to ourselves, and to another Christian brother, the exact nature of our wrongs. James 5.16 says, confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. And then, of course, it continues that the prayer, the fervent prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step six, again, John 5, 6, do you want to be healed? Step seven, humbly ask God to remove all our shortcomings. Matthew eighteen 4, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. It takes humility. Pride is what kept me locked up for so long. Pride. Oh, I, I don't have a problem. I don't drink too much. I don't. I don't have an issue. Yeah, everybody realized it, but me. James four ten. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will lift you up. Step at step eight. Made a list of all persons we had harmed, and became willing to make amends to them all. You know, one of the persons that needs to be on that list that we add into our break every chain is yourself. Because the enemy wants to keep you down in this cycle of shame and guilt. And you've harmed yourself when you've, any addict that you're dealing with, you gotta realize that it's the addiction that's doing the things they're doing, number one. And number one, the person that's being hurt the most is themselves. If they've lied to you, if they've taken something from you, it's the addiction doesn't mean you have to submit to it or put up with it or can't exercise tough love. But don't hate them. Hate the act. They need help. They need the power of the Holy Spirit. These 12 steps, you see, you can't just walk in one day. You've got to go into rehab, uh, hopefully a faith-based rehab. By the way, faith-based rehabs are free. Um, The 28-day ones cost a lot of money. Uh, They do some good, but they cost a lot of money. If you want help, there's a faith-based read. But By the way, if you want help, you can text me at 832-475-8642, 832-475-862, man or woman. I've got connections to rehab centers, and I'd love to help help you help yourself. Step nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Do you know how important making amends is? Jesus said in Matthew five twenty three. he said, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Forgiveness is key to the Christian walk. It is key to following Jesus Christ, to truly making him our Lord and Savior. Forgiveness is so important. You know when Jesus said that, people were traveling hundreds of miles to leave their gifts at the altar in Jerusalem. He said go back and make amends with your brother. You know, Peter asked Peter asked Jesus, "How many times, Lord, should we forgive someone? 7 times?" You know, to you and me that seems like a lot. Have you ever forgiven somebody 7 times? Again, these are biblical principles. They're not just they don't just apply to people that are in, under the bondage of addiction. They apply to every one of us. Every single one of us that's it's not perfect, and that is every single one of us. So, and Jesus, depending on if you look at NIV or King James, Jesus replies, no, seven times 70, or 77 in NIV. Seven times 70. That's how many times we're supposed to forgive each other. And you know why? Because God's forgiven us literally millions of times. Literally millions of times. How many times do we have a unchristian thought a day? How many times have we made mistakes, and God's forgiven us? We need to forgive one another. Step ten: continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. That's not easy. That's not easy, but it's healthy. You know, when because we're going to make continuing mistakes. You have no obli- Romans eight twelve. You have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its it dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put. To death, the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. So when you make a mistake, you need to hit your knees in prayer, and you need to apologize to whoever you hurt. And it's a way of life. These 12 steps keep you grounded in the Christian walk. And if you continue to go to 12-step meetings, and you continue to work these steps, and you continue to understand where they came from and where their power emanates from, they'll change your life. They really will. Second John... 1 and 8 says, watch yourself so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may be rewarded fully. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God, praying only for knowledge of His will and the power to carry that out. Who says the 12 steps doesn't have God? Now, we put Jesus in ours in the the Break Every Chain ministry, but even the standard 12 steps, God's all over the big book of alcohol. It's all over the 12-step program. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, Colossians 3.16. You've got to stay connected to the Word. I mean, the Word is where the power comes from. The Word is where your comfort comes from. The Word is what should guide your life. Reading the Word on a daily basis is so important, and particularly for somebody that's in recovery. The Bible, again, is a book about recovery, and now we come to the 12th step. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps... We tried to carry this message to other addicts and practice these principles in all of our affairs. Colossians 4, 5, and 6. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive. That's why I'm on this radio. It's our obligation to go out and say, look, God can do for you what he's done for me. Hallelujah. Praise God. I mean, what a wonderful thing. We've got an obligation to go out and make disciples of all nations, the Great Commission, to preach the gospel to all creation. James five nineteen through 20, and a lot of the 12 steps come from the book of James, and we are almost out of time. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from error their way will save them from death and cover a multitude of sins. Praise God. This is Pastor John Allworth. As always, it's a pleasure to be with you. If you know someone that needs help, 832-475-8642. Text me and I'll do my very best to try to help them. We love you here at Recovery Radio. But more importantly, God loves you more than you could possibly imagine. Good night and amen.